Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey, friends. As promised, I'm back with part two of my conversation with Brianna. To recap, she's a 30-year-old white cisgender woman who describes herself as bisexual, married, and until recently, monogamous. She and her husband have two children, are active in their church, and recently began exploring swinging. Yesterday, you heard her talk about her childhood sexual explorations with other little girls, her unfortunate first relationship with a boy, and the beginning of her relationship with her husband, including their initial tiptoeing into the idea of swinging. So now, let's get into the really sexy stuff. Here in part two, Brianna details her recent entrance into the swinger lifestyle with her husband. She spares no details about how they discovered their mutual interest in swinging, their early conversations, and their first experiences. She talks about the state of their relationship and how swinging has affected it, her feelings about monogamy, jealousy, and so much more. If you've ever wondered about swinging, don't miss this conversation. I'm going to back it up a little bit so that you can hear that last bit again as Brianna and her husband begin talking about visiting Desire, a swingers resort. I'm so pleased to once again introduce Brianna. When I first started researching the trip, no, I was not interested in anyone else. But the more I started researching it, I figured out it's a lifestyle, I guess, swinger-friendly resort. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves these questions like, would we be okay with this? What if somebody comes on to us? What if this happens? What if that happens? And we had to start really examining ourselves and our relationship. And the most interesting thing happened we started communicating like we had never communicated before. Just like open lines of communication. Not that we didn't have that before, but I think that there were sexual fantasies that we never discussed with each other just because we thought, oh, that is too freakish. We cannot share that. You know, even though we were in a very loving, open, you know, relationship where we were very open with our emotions and open with our um, sexual desires, we, we, Even then, we didn't go that far. So what kinds of fantasies were you having that you weren't speaking out loud? Well, my husband had a fantasy of me with another woman Mm -hmm. and also fantasized about me with another man. And I had 
fantasies about me being with another woman and him being with another woman. Um, Very convenient. Yes. So it it just so totally worked out. And so we were talking about it and things were like so hot and steamy before our trip. Then it got to the point where we were getting ready to leave. And I said, I can't do this. I'm out. Like, I can't do anything. Like, I just want to go and have a great time with you. And that's what this trip is about. And it's not about anybody else. And I don't want to muddle it with, with other people because I was panicked. You know, internally, I was panicking. Like, what if he experiences someone that's better than me? Or what if, you know, I had all these fears in my head. Like, you know, we got together when we were 17. Like, maybe he thinks I'm the greatest person in the world, but literally I'm <laughs> one of the only people he's ever experienced. What if someone is better than me? And so that's where that came in. And I was fearful. Like, I cannot engage in anything else with anybody else because what if he finds someone else and he is the love of my life and the father of my children and I cannot put that on the table. Yeah. And so we went to Desire and... Oh my gosh, it was the best time of my life. Honest to God, it was literally the time of my life. And uh, it was really interesting because I'm very reserved in my normal life. Like I said, I follow the rules. I'm just very rigid. I'm a good girl, right? So when we get to desire, and I already told him, like, I'm probably not going to take my clothes off. I'm probably not going to take my top off. Probably never for sure, not going to take my bottom off because I've had two children. I've nursed two children and my breasts are not what they used to be. And so I felt very self-conscious about my body and very self-conscious, especially about my breast. And so when we went, I had no intention of taking anything off and we got there and we had been there for probably less than an hour. (laughs) And there were so many beautiful women around me just owning their bodies and just in all different sizes all different and shapes, shapes all different yeah. sizes. It was literally the most accepting, beautiful place ever. And, um, I took my top off like almost instantly, you know, <laughs> I just get there and I'm like, Woo, this is freedom. <laughs> so, um, my husband is very wild in our normal life. He's just very, and he kept joking with me, you know, as soon as we hit the lobby at desire, like I'm naked, like that's how it's going to be. And that is not how it was. We literally had a role reversal there. And so he was like very timid and shy, like what is going on? And he didn't know who this lady was with him that he knows as his wife. He's like, who is this girl? You know, because I was just completely free of all my inhibitions. I had no rules. You know, I'm coming on to him trying to like suck his dick. And we're just like sitting by the pool. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, these people cannot see me have an erection right now. You're going to have to stop. Back it up. And so that was the kind of role reversal we had. And then as we were there for a few days, you know, I kept pressuring him. I don't want to say I pressured him, but I did kind of pressure him. I'm like, you really need to take your trunks off. You know, you really need to take your trunks off. It's so freeing. Just do it. Don't be scared, you know. And here I am literally peer pressuring him to take his clothes off. And so we're walking. We had got a beach bed this day, and it was just glorious, okay, we had a waiter coming by like every 30 minutes refilling our drinks. It was just amazing. And I'm laying there naked as a jaybird. I mean, it was the best thing ever. And so I said, let's go to the beach. Let's go get in the water. And uh, all this time I'd been pressuring him, take your trunks off, take your trunks off. And he wouldn't do it. And so I got up to go to the water and I turned back to, to, to look. And there he's standing 
naked. And I was like, (laughs) you know, it was just like all my wildest fantasies come true. So over the course of the next couple of days, we had met some couples that were in the lifestyle. They were swingers. And we had these preconceived notions about what swingers were. You know, they just, they weren't happy at home. They didn't have, they must not have a good sex life. They must not have a good relationship. And that's probably why they're swingers because they're not meeting each other's needs. And so that was our preconceived notion going to desire. And then we met these wonderful people and we have still friendships with people that we made there. And, oh, it was just, it was just amazing. And so it really flipped the switch with our thinking. And so we didn't actually have an experience with another couple there at Desire. We actually wanted to, but there was a couple there that we didn't know how to say, like, like we're interested in you, but, (laughs) you know, we didn't know how to broach that subject. So we didn't have any swinger type experiences there. But when we got home, we joined some swinger sites and we found out that there was a club like a swinger club close to our house. Mm -hmm. And so we got a sitter and we went to this club and we did not have any expectations. We thought we would just go and see what would happen that night. Um, And we had kind of read online that it was kind of an older crowd. And so not that we were against an older crowd, but we just thought maybe we would not fit in, you know? So we show up at the club. We had taken an Uber (laughs) For the first time ever in our life, we had never taken an Uber because we're from a really small town. So we had Uh to drive several hours to get to this to this club. So we took an Uber for the first time ever. And we thought we were going to get axe murdered or something. It was crazy. But we were (laughs) we were scared. So we pull up at this club. It looks like somebody's house. And we're like, I'm not sure if I'm going in. Are you going in? Are we going in? Like, are we going to get murdered here? I don't know. So we we went in and we got signed up and we went on in and we had a really great time. We talked to a lot of fun people. And then we met this couple there and they were close in age to us a little bit, um, just a couple years older than us, but they were very similar to us. They have children the same age as our children. You know, they've been married the same number of years that we've been married and they didn't go to desire, but they had a similar story. Like they were interested in it, but they didn't know how to go about it. And so it just kind of clicked. We were both raised, you know, Christian and, you know, they were involved in their church and were kind of involved in our church, which I know is like total craziness. Like you'd think that that would not be a thing. But anyway, so we really hit it off with them. And the particular night that we went, I was on my period. And so I thought this is like a safety net because I know nothing is going to happen because Mm -hmm. I'm on my period. So we go there and we're chatting with them and we really hit it off with them and we really liked them. And, you know, I was kind of interested in having an experience with a woman. Of course, my husband was like really interested in seeing that also. So we were chatting and chatting and the club was getting ready to close down, but they had these, I guess, playrooms, you would call them. Mm -hmm. And it was a private room that you could go in and then they clean it after you leave. And so the, I don't remember who it was that said, let's go to the playroom. I don't know. It was probably either my husband or the other husband of the other couple. Let's go to the playroom. And I was like, panicked, like, no, I cannot go to the playroom. I'm on my period. But I didn't want to say that to this new couple. You know, I didn't want to be, you know, grotesque and be like, oh, you know, I can't do that. (laughs) But 
Um, we ended up going and I thought, well, we'll just see what happens. So we started out with our respective spouses. And I think, you know, I was going down on my husband and she was going down on her husband, which was exciting, you know, in the same room. You know, we were just kind of like, oh, this is new. And um, then the guys kind of were like, do you guys want to do you girls want to, you know, see what it's like with each other? And of course, I was like, oh, hell yeah. So me and the other lady, the the wife of the other couple started kissing and caressing each other. And um, there was no, you know, there was no below the belt. I had my top off. She had her top off, but we both had our pants. I actually didn't have pants. I had on a dress. But anyway, there was nothing. It was just kind of I pulled my dress down and that's how it went. And then I don't remember what happened. I probably was the aggressor because I was really into her and I was very attracted to her. She was very, she's a very attractive lady. She's a very good kisser. And so I ended up going down on her, which I had never done before. The only experience I'd ever had with another woman was making out or kissing. And so um, I ended up going down on her that night and then she was trying to go down on me. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm on my period. I would love for that to happen right now, but you know that we can't do that. So that's kind of what happened there. And we ended the night and we were all like kind of walking out of there, like, you know, kids in a candy store or something like what (laughs) just happened. You know, there was no play between um, me and the other husband or her and my husband on that first night. And so we started chatting with each other, a four way chat Um, and so we would talk to each other. What did you think about that? How did you like that? What are your fantasies? What do you want to do next time? Do you want to get together next time? So we started talking with them and we planned another trip just with them, not to the club, but with them to, you know, like a room and we would just meet there at that room and then see what happened. Like to a hotel? Yes. Oh, wow. And, um, so we ended up going there that night and we had no experience whatsoever. We are like brand new baby swingers. I really don't like that word. I don't like to say I'm a swinger, but okay. <laughs> so we were brand new in this and we had no idea what we we're doing. We had never had any opposite spouse play. And that night we showed up and we were all kind of nervous, right? We were like, what is about to happen? What if I get upset? What if they get upset? What if you know, there's a four way connection here. And what if someone gets upset? And that was a major concern of ours because number one, I don't want to do anything that's going to affect my marriage. And I don't want to do anything that's going to affect their marriage because we value our own marriage and we also value their marriage and we Mm -hmm. don't want to cause any problems for anybody else. And we don't want to cause any problems for ourselves. And so we went into that night, very, very skeptical, very scared. And we just have such a connection with this couple that there, you know, from the minute we got there, we were a little bit nervous. All four of us were nervous, but we had a few drinks and we just, you know, sat around talking and it was just very fluid. It was very sexual and flirty and we were all kind of there for the same reason. So it progressed and we ended up, I guess, having a soft swap, what you would call. So we, had oral sex between spouses, you know, and there was touching between spouses, but there was no intercourse. When you say between spouses, you mean you swapped yes. husbands? Uh-huh. Yes. So he went down on me mm-hmm. and my husband went down on her and she uh, went down on my husband and I went down on him. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we, there was always that first night, there was always a four way connection. So when, when something was happening, there was always something happening with other people. Nobody was left standing there on their own. And yeah. so that was really important for us that first time because we were really nervous and they were nervous. It was their first time too. I guess mm-hmm. that's important that I say that we were both in the same boat. So we were like super cautious and, and every so often somebody would say, are you okay with that? Are you okay with mm-hmm. that? Are you okay with that? And so it was very a safe space. I feel like they, they were constantly checking to make sure, is this okay with you? And we were checking, is this okay with you? Because we don't want to do anything that would affect you negatively. Yeah. So the next day we left, you know, we wake up the next morning and we're like, what just happened? But it was so awesome. And I really liked it. And I realized looking back over the course of time that that's always kind of been a fantasy of mine to see my husband with another woman, which is so bizarre because I'm, I've always been kind of a jealous person and I really can't explain that, but it's, I guess, jealousy in an emotional way. Hmm. And so to see him with another woman and doing these acts with another woman is very arousing to me. And I think he would say the same thing if, if he were on here and talking, he would say he is very aroused by me seeing me, you know, perform oral sex on a, on another man. Are you aching to explore new vistas of your sexuality? Do you hear me talk about concepts on this show and think it makes sense, but I need help applying it to my particular situation? That's where personalized sex and intimacy coaching comes in. When you work with me, I promise to help you feel safe exploring your sexuality. Together, we'll look at your needs and desires without judgment and help you figure out how to fulfill them. There is no single answer that's right for everyone, so I'm going to help you discover what's right for you. And we'll go at your pace. That's the pace that respects your emotional needs, your boundaries, and your nervous system. Because going too fast can send you into shutdown, while going too slow can be infuriating and exhausting. The goal is to find what's right for you. I work with clients who are motivated to explore many different areas of sexuality, including things like expressing your sexual desires to current or future partners, exploring if you might be queer, challenging body image insecurity in sexual relationships, dipping your toes into BDSM, exploring consensual non-monogamy, learning to date after a long time out of the dating pool, exploring your sexuality for later in life virgins, and so much more. I want you to have a deeply fulfilling, intimate life, and together, we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your discovery call, visit leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. That's leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. Have you maintained the sort of soft swap status or have you swapped with other couples and had full intercourse? We have not had full intercourse with other couples to this point. We have talked about it, especially with the one couple, but 
they're parents and we are parents. And so our schedules don't always line up. And so we can't always get together. Um, so when we do have an opportunity for, to get together, we do, but each time we've got together, it's been more of a soft swap situation. Now we have talked, you know, in our group chat a lot about full intercourse, but for both of us or for all four of us, I guess I should say that is a huge fantasy for us, but what happens if that really happens? You know, what if fantasy doesn't meet reality or Mm -hmm what if it doesn't meet our expectations and what if somebody gets upset and and now that we have a relationship with these people where we've been talking to them for months and months and we you know we've seen each other several times and you know we know each other deeper than we knew each other in the beginning and so it's like I don't want to do anything that would you know hurt their marriage or hurt her feelings. And, and I think I'm sure that they feel the same way, vice versa. And so we're all kind of like trigger shy about, you know, fully (laughs) swapping and we may never, we may never full swap. Um, and, and that would be just, just fine with me. And I think the thing for us is being with other people who are sex positive and we can have a conversation about sex with, and even if we had no play with them at all, we just really enjoy being around them because they're very like-minded and Mm -hmm. we don't have these conversations with people in our normal life. Sure. So has there ever been any contact you've swapped partners and the two of you, the two females have, have played together. Have the two males ever played together or has there ever been any male, male contact? No, there has not been my husband nor the other husband are interested in a a bisexual type relationship. That's so interesting to me. So I, I think I've talked about this before on these podcasts. I, uh, I spent a week at hedonism in Jamaica. (laughs) I didn't know that if you had ever talked about that, I don't know that I've listened to that episode, but I thought I'd listen to all of them, but well, maybe I, I don't know, maybe it got, cut on the editing room floor. <laughs> but yeah, um, when I was going through my whole exploration, I didn't have a partner. So I went as a single female. And I was I sort of had like big eyes, both deer in the headlight eyes, and also kid in a candy shop eyes, like all at the same time. But I spent a week at hedonism. And um, one thing that I was really aware of was how positive it was, like you said, for my body image, to see all these other women in all different sizes and types of bodies, and to realize that I'm okay, like I fit here, like nobody's going to run me out of town, because I don't have a perfect little size six flat tummy body. Um, That was huge. But I was also very aware that all of the swapping seemed to be with the females and that there was very little, if any, male-male contact going on. And that I haven't had a lot of other contact with the swinger community outside of that. My contact has been primarily with the sex-positive community, which does have a bisexual male component. Um, so that's something that has always been of interest to me. What is it about the swinger community that seems to not be quite as, I don't know if it's just that the men aren't interested, or if there's some sense that that that's 
less cool for swingers than female female. Well, I've listened to podcasts about that because I I like to listen to those type of podcasts. You know, and we've been on the the swinger websites where you sign up and say what you're interested in, and we've seen a lot of other couples. I won't say a lot, but we've seen some other couples who would say that the male is bisexual or he's bi curious, mm-hmm. but we've not actually. We have like almost no experience really in the swinger <laughs> world, but um, we haven't run into that a lot. Even at Desire, it wasn't a, a thing. Now people talked about you know whether they were in the lifestyle or whether they didn't necessarily, once we said we're not in the lifestyle, because remember I said, I'm done. I'm not doing that. I'm too scared Yeah. before we went to desire. So we didn't have a lot of conversation about like, what are your boundaries? What, what are you interested in? And so we've, but we have seen some bisexual males on those sites and we've heard from bisexual males on the podcast but we, ha- we don't have a lot of experience with that. And my yeah. husband just is not, you know, interested in that. Sure. Sure. How long ago was your trip to Desire? It was about six months ago. Oh, so this really is like brand new. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. So how are you feeling about all this? Is it feeling like an excitement that you want to keep pursuing further and further? Do you feel like I've kind of hit my limit where we are? Like, I'm, I am excited about it. And I really enjoy um, talking about it with my husband. And I really enjoy talking about it with other couples. And we, I've had a few moments, though, where I've had to like, kind of draw back. And I've, and I've said so many times over the course of the last however many months, where I've said, I can't do this anymore. Because you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast about, you know, feeling like I can't trust people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I di- I didn't mention this earlier, but with the, the person that I had sex with the first time, he had cheated on me multiple times that I was not aware of. And so I've always kind of like accepted that and just thought that I wasn't worthy of someone's like undevoted love and attention. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of time, I have went, I have realized that that has crept up on me, not because of anything that my husband has ever done, but because of things that I have been through previously, it's kind of crept up on me. And there's this voice in my head saying, you're not enough for him and he needs somebody else. And that's why, you know, we've been interested in this and, and maybe it's skewed in my own brain you know, maybe he is actually interested in someone else because I'm not meeting his desire. And Mm -hmm. so I know that is completely irrational. And I have a tendency to do that where I take a thought and then it just goes into my brain and then it just bangs around in there. And then it just comes out and it's just like totally irrational, but I don't have the ability to say that's irrational in the moment. And so several times over the last few months, I've said, I, I can't do this anymore. So when we first came home from Desire, we, we signed up on two swinger sites and we were chatting with couples on there. And I actually had a really bad experience with one couple. And I said, I've got to cancel these. I can't, I'm not going to do this anymore because we had chatted with this couple and it was just very, they were very forward and very kind of pressuring and we cannot, we're not going to be pressured, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it just felt really weird and we canceled it and we blocked those people 
and we haven't chatted with them since. And then, you know, we've been kind of considering starting back again just to see, you know, what's out there. Um, if there's anybody else that we could maybe have an interaction with. The couple that we have been seeing, I guess you could say we've been seeing them, um, they live several hours from mm-hmm. us. So to coordinate schedules between two of us, it's difficult because there's a um, there's a gap in uh, where we live. So it's, you know, a considerable distance for either of us to travel. It strikes me that that's maybe not a terrible thing as you're exploring this new thing that has a lot of emotions and a lot of potential landmines that you live so far away from each other means that you just have a natural, like, it pumps the brakes without you having to be the ones to pump the brakes. And it's probably a good thing because it takes me about... I don't know how many days it takes me several days to process my emotions after we have an interaction with them. Sure. Not that they have done anything to upset me. Not that my husband has done anything to upset me, but I just need a few days to process it. So the morning after I can't say, well, I can say, Oh, that was great and totally hot. And I loved it because I did, but I need time to process it emotionally because there are things that I need to think about and kind of mull over in my own brain and be like, I don't know how I felt about that. You know, and there have been, you know, a couple of different things that kind of, I guess, didn't sit just quite right with me. Not that it was my husband's fault or the other lady's fault. It was just, Mm -hmm. "Mm, wait a minute, I don't know how I feel about that. And I need time to process it. So it's probably a good thing that they live several hours from us because it gives me time to just think about it and, and really process my emotions over it because it is an emotional thing. But I guess in the swinger community, when you have these types of interactions, people always say you can't be emotional about it. You, it's not an emotional interaction. It is a physical interaction and that is it. And so it's hard for me because my brain has been trained to think that my emotions about this person, for instance, my husband and my physical interaction with him are one. And so when, you know, I don't know how necessarily to separate that. And so I'm really in a learning curve here because I don't know, I'm not an expert. I'm very, very, very new at this. So I'm still trying to figure my way. Like, you know, and I I may tomorrow decide I can't ever do this again. And that would be fine. Both Mm -hmm. of me and my husband have both had that conversation. If we, if he ever decides he, he does not want to participate in that, I'm out. You know, if mm-hmm. I ever say I can't do this again, we're out. You know, this is a this is a joint thing here. Yeah. Friends, if you love these conversations, I would love your help to keep them going. There are three ways you can participate. Two are free. And one is for listeners who've got a few extra dollars each month. Number one, take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag me in your post. And if it's public, I'll reshare and send you a personal thank you. Word of mouth is the best way to build buzz for an independent show like Good Girls Talk About Sex. And the more people listening the healthier our collective sexual experiences will become. Number two, 
don't want the whole world to know you're listening to a show about sex, I get it. Perhaps you heard something in this episode that reminds you of a past conversation with a friend or something you wish your partner knew. Send them a link to this episode and a quick message about why you think they should listen. And number three, if you have the resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's absolutely no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. Plus, I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are currently being legislated out of existence. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And one more thing, there is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free to everyone. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access them. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you. Whether you're a client, a patron, a social media follower, or a silent listener, I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show. So um, you mentioned that there were some things that have happened that have given you pause. What kinds of things? Um, There was one instance when... I felt like my husband, maybe the other lady was giving a little bit more extra special attention to my husband. And it wasn't in a, there was no sexual activity going on at this time. And I think that's interesting to point out because if I've ever felt any kind of jealousy, I'll say it has not been in a sexual interaction. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. And so it was more like the husband of the other couple had went to the restroom and we were all three sitting there, but the conversation was happening between my husband and the other wife. And, and that's fine. She is a wonderful, she's a very funny, bubbly person to talk to. She's wonderful. But in that moment, I was like, wait a minute. You know, I felt left out, left out, I guess is the best way to say it. And so that was one of the moments that I had to just like take a minute and be like, Mm. whoa, I don't know how I felt about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, My experience with non-monogamy has been very similar to what you just described, that I am actually very comfortable watching a partner sexually interact with other people, as long as I'm in the room to watch it. My jealousy triggers go off the charts, if there's something going on that I'm not there to witness, because my brain creates all of these stories about what it is. And my jealousy triggers can also get triggered around these sort of just the non-sexual interactions, the like flirting or the being playful with each other or the, wow, like, is my partner more interested in her than he is in me? Like, how come I don't get that response kind of thing? Oh, for sure. And it's interesting. It's really interesting because I have seen this woman 
suck my husband's dick. But when she's having a conversation with him, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, (laughs) what kind of sense does that make? But, and that goes back to the thing, you know, you know, there are people who are polyamorous and that's great. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts about polyamory, but I don't know that I could ever do that because that is like, I need the emotional connection to be a one-on-one like you're committed to me emotionally. And that sounds so crazy to say that, but that's how I feel. I really enjoy watching sexual activity between my husband and another, another woman, but I cannot handle it. If we're talking about a conversation, you know, not that I was like completely emotionally distraught over that, but I did have a moment where I was like, okay, wait, let's, you know, I didn't say it in the moment. I didn't, you know, express that at that time. And actually they don't know about that. You know, they don't, I never said anything because after I processed it and thought about it and had my time to think about it, I didn't, I felt like it was completely innocent Mm -hmm. and it was just my own brain warping the, the way it actually was. And I do that a lot. I just, you know, my brain just really <laughs> warps things. I want to go back and pick up one other thing that that you mentioned before we started taping that I think is really important, which is emotional monogamy versus physical monog- or sexual monogamy. And I think that is a concept that's going to be a brain twister for a lot of people. But when I asked you, what is your preferred relationship style? You said, well, monogamy, but emotional monogamy, and then sexual non-monogamy. So can you explain what that means to you? Yes. For us, for me and my husband, we both fantasize about each other being physical with other people. And I actually really enjoy, you know, another woman. A woman's touch is so different than a man's touch. It, It just is. And um, it's very enjoyable. I like a soft touch. I also like a rough touch. But for me, when I was growing up, you know, going back to my teenage years, I had a girl who was very interested in me. And I was interested in her. I was attracted to her. And we had, you know, kind of made out and and things like that. But I think I had a, a boyfriend at the time. I don't know. And this was kind of a secret thing. But I couldn't go to an emotional level with her. It was more of a physical thing. And so for me in this, the place where I'm at is a a physical relationship with a woman is very desirable for me, but I cannot have an emotional relationship other than the one I have with my husband. Mm -hmm. And so we both feel the same way about that. Our emotional relationship and our marriage is extremely important to us. And we have a very great relationship, but it's also very exciting to engage in physical activity with other people, you know, and it's exciting for me to watch him with another woman. It's exciting for him to watch me with another woman or me with another man. And so it's kind of a mind. I mean, it is a mind twister because it's like, that doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. but we're very committed to each other in our marriage and the relationship that we have with each other. But it's almost like, we're adding this spice to our really wonderful recipe that we have to eat with each other. <laughs> I like but that. We, you know, every now and then it's fun to add just a little bit of spice to that, you know? I love that. 
So um, is there any question or concern you have about sex in general or your sex life in particular right now? No, I can't think of anything. I've, I have a very fulfilling sex life with my husband. We are just like kids, really. I, it's kind of <laughs> weird. I mean, it's just very weird. We're just like like we're teenagers, really. We, But we've never lost that. We've always had that really great sexual chemistry with each other. And not only that, but a very great emotional relationship. You know, we have been through a lot in our in our short time that we've been together. You know, he, I've never mentioned this before, but he was in the military and he, we've been through basic training. We've been through a deployment. We have been through birthing two children and bringing those children into our life. And that is very difficult on a marriage, you know, bringing children into your marriage. I'm not I'm saying, I mean, I don't mean to say that in a, a negative way, but it is, yeah. you know, learning how to integrate these children into your, into your lives and into your relationship. And so it's always been very important for us to have time for each other. And so, you know, before we had our children, people always said, you're never going to have sex again. Like it's, <laughs> it's over, you know? And we were like, no, that is not how it's going to be for us. And we just always maintained that it's not, Yes, we're tired. Yes, we're exhausted. These children literally suck the life out of us, but they're also the loves of our lives and we have to make time for what's important. And so that it's always just been important for us and our sexual relationship is just as important to us as our, you know, our emotional relationship with each other. Yeah. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to go back to, which is that you've mentioned that you're still active in your church life. And so how are you handling? I I assume that your sex life and your church life are not intersecting at all. <laughs> that is so how correct. are you handling that? I have had a lot, I won't say a lot, but I've had some issues kind of reconciling those two things. Because I've always felt like kind of a bad girl in the bedroom in relationship to sex because I've always been kind of kinky and freaky and just not normal. When this whole thing came up about the swinging lifestyle, I kept saying to my husband, what if anybody knew that this was what we were in into, you know, like we would be excommunicated. We would never be invited back to the PTA. We would not be going to church anymore. Like we would be done. And so we've kind of, you know, talked a lot about that amongst ourselves and came to the conclusion that we, we don't kind of relate our sex life to our spiritual walk. So why would we now, you know, why would we involve these other people that we've invited into our bedroom? Why would, why would that have any effect on our spiritual Mm -hmm. walk? So, and that, and you know, I may get a lot of flack for saying that. I don't know. And that's just the kind of way that we reconcile what we're doing and the way that we're having fun. And the thing about it is, is the way I look at it is the only thing that this has done for our relationship is just made it better Mm -hmm. because our communication is better than it's ever been. Our relationship is better than it's ever been. And if something is so great for our relationship, how could it be wrong? Yeah. I'm with you there. 
Brianna, we have done it. This has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for having this. Thank you for reaching out and being willing to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so tickled that I got to talk with you tonight and I cannot (laughs) wait. I'm like counting down the days until every other Thursday so that I can listen to your episodes. Like it's, it's a thing. I'm so invested. I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me tonight. Okay, friends, we are now actually done. I hope you've enjoyed this special double episode of Good Girls Talk About Sex. Don't forget, if you want even more, there is still the entire unfiltered Q&A, a full 27 more minutes of Brianna talking about her sex life over at patreon.com. And because I'm having so much fun with this double episode, I've made it available to all supporters, no matter what level you pledge at. So don't forget to check that out and become a community supporter at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. That link is in the episode description in the app you're listening on right now. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time.